Welcome to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast with your host, Jim Robinson. Hello, and welcome back to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Robinson. You know, 2021 is the first year in quite some time that farmers were able to forecast significant profitability. With low commodity prices and high costs in previous years, it made profit margins really, really thin or even negative. With many farmers finding relief this year, is it time to get serious about profitability? And how can farmers turn this year's profits into improving the long-term financial health of their farms? To talk to us about that today, we have Rob Seco's accounting manager, Jason Salfeld. Welcome, Jason. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself first? Thanks, Jim. Yeah, so I have a little history in uh, tax preparation. Um, before I joined Rob Seco as accounting manager, um, my current role with Rob Seco is dealing with the financials themselves, our month-end close work, really assisting our salesmen with uh, customer financing programs and any questions they may have. And I've been in that role now for about five years. Excellent. Now, prior to joining Rob Seco, you, you looked at a lot of income statements, a lot of tax filings, things of that sort, as you've helped out either customers of yours or some friends who, who farm. So you've seen some farm uh, income statements, balance sheets, et cetera, and you're fairly familiar with that, right? Yeah, I really have. You see the extreme from both spectrums, you know, the guys that are making really good decisions and turning profits, and then the opposite, where they're not making the greatest decisions and, and uh, their profits are either thin or, or even in the red. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, as you think about some of those things and, and what you've seen and what you saw in 2021, what were the primary driving factors that improved prof- profitability for farmers in 2021? Yeah, I think that's fairly clear with the commodity prices, the rapid rise there um, that really improved uh, the receipts, the revenues per se for farmers. Um, and the improved yields themselves, you know, so it was a kind of a per- perfect storm. With the yields and uh, increased commodity prices, too. Absolutely. And, you know, the timing in which those commodity prices rose gave enough time for farmers to either contract bushels to be sold uh, or actually sell them at at those prices at the elevators themselves. But it wasn't so early of a commodity price rise that a lot of the inputs uh, would have risen, too. So a lot of the farmers purchased these inputs uh, at those lower levels and then were able to capture higher revenues against those. Yeah, so if they were to capture those input uh, prices last fall, uh, prepaid for them, it really benefited their farm operation uh, tremendously. Um, and really, the commodity prices themselves have stayed high for us. Mm-hmm. So uh, as long as they prepaid for their inputs, captured high commodity prices, they're doing, they should be doing fairly well. Absolutely. You know, we did see some uh, inputs coming in a lot higher, kind of in season in the spring, you know, when people are buying crop protection products and things of that sort. But, you know, another way to to word what you just said is that the fixed and variable costs stayed pretty close to the same year over year from 2020 versus 2021, whereas the overall revenue or top line revenue increased because of the commodity prices. Now, in typical years, what are some of the biggest obstacles to sustain profitability in farming operations? Yeah, so the to sustain profitability, um, you really got to manage your costs. Uh, those costs are both, like you said, your fixed and variable cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, variable cost being your crop inputs. So that'd be things along the lines of seed costs, uh, the costs you know, it takes to, to actually plant, you know, so 
fuel and, and moving machinery around, fertilizer, crop protection, scouting, harvest costs, drying costs, <laughs> and then finally trucking to the elevator, right? Yeah, there there's some things they control there, but a lot of times um, – they're kind of set as long as you know you can hit capture that stuff with prepaid and mm-hmm. and managing when you're buying and negotiating that price but um, that really plays a big factor though in their, their profitability now what would be some of the fixed costs that you might run into within a farming operations you know it doesn't re- matter how many bushels you produce overall those are always going to be the costs that are effectively flat across that operation. So looking at your fixed costs, you have your salaries you pay yourself or current employees Mm -hmm. uh, for your operation. Uh, The land costs themselves, including real estate taxes, uh, cash rent if you don't own that ground. Mm -hmm. Um, You have your accounting services, legal fees, other fees that you really, year over year, stay about the same. Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. And then there's also a depreciation cost in there too. I mean, there's a lot of equipment that's acquired uh, in order to run a farm, you know, between, you know, tractor, combine, planter, bins themselves, things of that sort. And those depreciation costs vary year to year, but within a year, that's going to be the cost whether you produce 10 million bushels or 10,000. Yeah, there's really, coming from my tax background, there's really multiple ways that you can depreciate that asset. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're looking at your farm operation, you should look at that asset when you purchase it and really try to determine its useful life. Mm-hmm. You know, so you buy a combine, it has a useful life of let's say seven years. You're spreading that asset over those seven years and looking at that one year and allocating that to your operation and mm-hmm. to determine what your cost is and what kind of revenues you need to cover those costs. Exactly. So that ultimately becomes a fixed cost within the operation. So once you know about these fixed costs and variable costs, you know what are some ways that that farmers can look at how to budget for profitability or plan for profitability from there? Yeah, so you take those costs, um, try to spread that out over the acres that you're farming, and there's kind of two methods. Um, we kind of discussed this a little bit before the podcast, um, looking at your overall estimated bushel production mm-hmm. um, from that farm. And saying, okay, I need to get, here's my break even, mm-hmm. right? And here's what kind of market price I need to cover those costs. Yep. Um, my angle was you you look at your acres and your cost and simply split those all that cost over all your acres and saying, here's my cost per acre. Yep. And then you kind of look at after the, after the fact of saying, my bushels and my market price of those that commodity, this is what I need to break even and earn a profit. Yep, and then there's some strengths and weaknesses to each of those. You know, bu- budgeting based on a per bushel a- you know, basis or or a per acre basis. You may look at your per bushel uh, costs, spreading your budgeted total number of bushels that you may be producing. So let's say for corn, if you allocate sixty percent of your revenues to corn, and you say my break-even point based on my fixed and variable cost is three dollars and eighty-three cents a bushel, and uh, anything above that that I get in selling the grain will give me some profitability soybeans that may be ten dollars and fifty cents with a thirteen dollar commodity price agreed and so that's that angle and so in my mind i was thinking that the spreading your costs over all your acres mm-hmm. you don't have to determine that i'm going to allocate 60 percent of it to to corn and 40 percent to beans mm-hmm. you simply spread it out over spread it out over all the acres you're farming and then you know your cost per acre absolutely um, 
Now, once you know that that cost per bushel or cost per acre, and and you look at what you may forecast from a revenue standpoint, you know you you can probably get a pretty good sense of of what your issues might be, right? You you might look at it and you might say that you know my fixed or variable costs are too high. Do I have any opportunities to reduce those, or do I have any opportunities to invest within? Uh, that crop with a fungicide, additional crop protection products or whatever they may be, additional fertilizer to increase my top line revenue while minimally increasing variable costs to, to stay in the black. That, that would be the approach to it, right? Agreed. Mm-hmm. You're running your farm operation like you would any business. I know mm-hmm. farming is really a, a lifestyle for a mm-hmm. lot of people, but it is a business in the end mm-hmm. and you really need to be cognizant of the cost um, and once you do the analysis, you really can pinpoint certain items that I can save here or I can invest here and really lower my overall cost, but at the same time, increase, increasing revenues. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it is really tempting to look at uh, your revenues as something that can be uh, greatly managed versus you know, other aspects of the farm. You, know, you, you could say, hey, if I just increase my yields by 20 bushels an acre, well, you may not be able to do that. You know, an individual field, if it yields typically 150 bushels an acre, you're not going to suddenly see 300 bushels an acre on that field. You may see 200 in a good year or under good management practices and things of that sort, but drastically increasing that you, you still have to pay attention to your costs overall. Agreed. You got to be realistic in your, in your budgeting practices. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, you know, land costs and overall assets and things of that sort play such a large role in a farm's financial health and profitability. Uh, you know, what are some low-hanging fruits that farmers can address in years like 2021 where he or she might have additional income that they can invest back into the farm? Yeah, so this is a – from my memory, we – the commodity prices, Jim, when was the last time we had a nice spike – in commodity prices. 2012 or so would be the last time we had a, a really large uh, commodity bump and then you know, kind of faded through 2014 into 15. Yeah, so 2012, where I was, I was preparing tax returns and helping individuals uh, tax plan. Mm-hmm. And you're, you had a great point, the low-hanging fruit. A lot of guys at that time look at their tax planning and need to spend money, so they're tempted to purchase new vehicles, put up a shed, mm-hmm. uh whatever the equipment may be for their uh, farming operation, that may not be the best investment mm-hmm. uh, to improve the, their operation long-term. So they need to be careful. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the, the things that we've talked about before is one of the best ways to use that additional income within your farm is to actually pay down debt uh, or acquire new land that, that can cash flow itself uh, in order to improve your overall future profitability because you'll have a much better debt to equity ratio or through uh, just stabilizing your business as a whole. So when you talk to your bank, you know you can weather a, a poor year where commodity prices may dip back down, or you may be impacted in such a way that, that reduces your yields overall. Yeah, history does repeat itself. So you got to be careful. You know, commodity prices won't be around forever. So make decisions today that will set you up good in the future, mm-hmm. um, not just to save a buck today, you know, maybe in your tax expense. Um make a decision that you would have made maybe when commodity prices were lower anyways. Mm-hmm. And again, that will benefit you long-term, uh, improve your, your bottom line. Yeah. Paying down debt can reduce your overall interest expenses. It can make it easier to borrow money. It can make it easier to acquire additional land in the future, whatever it might be. But, you know, also look at what 
among all of your investment opportunities may be what investments have what sorts of target payback dates. So can you tell us a little bit about you know using target payback dates or return on investment to make these investment decisions? Yeah, so for instance, you buy a tractor. Uh, they depreciate, let's say, over five years. Um, you'd look for maybe a two- to three-year payback on that, uh, mm-hmm. depending on that expected life of the asset. Um, mm-hmm. And you'd look at that with any asset purchase you're making. Absolutely. You know, vehicles probably depreciate much faster than they ever provide uh, payback. I mean, you, you have to have a working truck in order to, to operate a farm. But you don't necessarily need a new truck every two, three, four years. You can probably extend out the life on those vehicles a little bit longer and get the payback. Whereas you you may have larger equipment that you have some work that needs to be done on the farm, and, and that equipment's going to pay for itself within that two to three year period. So that's that's probably the best way to look at it. You know, field renovations are another investment that can be done well that it wouldn't necessarily be. Uh, an asset that you'd you'd purchase, although something like tiling or the land itself is an asset, if you were to tile a field, that investment can pay for itself very quickly over time, and it'll actually uh, its lifespan is fifty to seventy five years, depending on how you know what sort of ground you have, how well the tiling is done, how much rain, etc. So those types of in, uh, infrastructure improvements can improve your operations overall, stabilize or increase your future profitability. Yeah, there's a lot of different investments you can make. You mentioned tiling, um, but there's a lot of technological advances Mm -hmm. uh, in the equipment that we have uh, that can really provide you with a lot of data that helps you make decisions to uh, for your operation. May it be the the soil moisture, Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of yield you're getting in a particular section of the field, uh, all sorts of things. Absolutely. Now, Jason, you have a lot of experience with this last question here, and, and that is, how should a farmer prioritize investment with tax burden minimization? I mean, we hear a lot right now about farmers talking about how they reduce their tax burden for the 2021 fiscal year, You know, whether it's prepaying for inputs or whatever it might be, but how should a farmer prioritize that minimizing that tax burden versus investing back into the own, their own farm? No. Make sure you always consult your tax consultant, you know, when, with this advice. But like Jim said, I've I spent a, quite a few years in preparing tax returns, and so I have a lot of experience with this. Um, the tax code itself really benefits farmers. Uh, they have the flexibility to prepay in one year for their crop the next year and take that as a tax deduction. They are on a cash basis, mm-hmm. uh, not a cruel basis in the accounting world. Um so yeah, they can prepay their for their seed, for their fertilizer. Uh, they can time when they want to market their grain mm-hmm. and take payment on that grain uh, when it straddle the years, just to try to avoid tax. Yeah, now now that can have an impact on the following year, right? If you were to prepay for all of your inputs and uh, you know hold off on selling some grain until next year, but suddenly commodity prices stay as high as they are or even go up. Yeah, that could create a really difficult situation with a, a large tax burden the following year, right? That could be the case. Um, you want to be consistent year over year um, with what you're doing. If you're prepaying, mm-hmm. prepay the next year. But again, my comment about marketing your grain, you do have the ability to determine when you want to take, uh, when you want to sell that grain. Mm-hmm. And that if the commodity prices stay high, you may defer some of that to the following year. 
when that commodity prices may take a downturn and Mm -hmm. you may need that income. So what you're saying is you should really keep on top of your financials within your operation, work closely with your accountant to figure out what you may be owing for taxes. And if there are any changes you need to make to your operation in order to maximize the short and long-term profitability of your farm, right? 100% agree. You should always consult your uh, tax professional, but um, decisions on prepaying and selling grain are are two items that you're always going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Don't make a rash decision and buy, again, what we mentioned earlier, a large piece of equipment that you may not need just to, as a tax deduction. Absolutely. I want to recommend that. And sometimes it actually makes sense for the long-term benefit of your operation to actually incur a, a larger tax bill in one year. Maybe you have the opportunity this year to, to pay down a whole lot of, of debt that you have against your you know land that you purchased a couple of years ago. You can really minimize that debt that you have and put your uh, uh, operation in a much better position, but pay a little bit better, higher of a tax bill because your overall income statement is going to be high still. Yeah, you may need that. Schedule F on your mm-hmm. tax return to look positive mm-hmm. when purchasing a piece of ground, mm-hmm. uh, buying a new piece of equipment. Absolutely. So, Jason, just to kind of summarize overall what we've talked about, 2021 could be for a lot of areas. Now, not all farmers. There are areas that were heavily impacted by drought and other events that may reduce profitability. But farmers are looking at a more profitable year in 2021 due to higher commodity prices while still having been able to pay for a lot of their inputs at the lower prices that we haven't seen uh, that we will see for 2022. Now, the best thing that a a farmer can do with these is this a year like this year is to look at their overall operation, understand where their obstacles to profitability may be looking at their fixed and variable uh, costs, and then to look at what are some low hanging fruit areas that they can invest into their own farm to get a good return on investment improve their profitability and stability over time, and then work with their financial professionals in order to plan from a tax perspective how they should either plan for those and minimize those taxes by prepaying for uh, inputs or deferring selling grain into the next fiscal year. But overall, it may be a good thing to show some profitability so that you can invest into your own farm. Is there anything you want to add to that? No, I think you covered it, Jim. That's, That's exactly right. Excellent. Well, Jason, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode. Thank you. As always, be sure to tune in on the 1st and 15th of every month for new episodes. And until then, stay field ready. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. Join us next time to be field ready. A Huda Media Production.